0: Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. I don't know why I'm screaming. Why am I screaming, Sammy? Because The mic does the work for it's me.
1: It's important that everyone <laughs> listen
0: to me. in uh, lower
1: Manhattan knows what's happening right <laughs> yes, now.
0: If you're within the, sound, within the sound of my voice, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Welcome to the only show where I introduce superstar guests like today's guest.
1: Sammy Haller. <laughs> no,
0: Sammy, you just did the intro. You're not allowed on the main oh. show.
1: Uh, there's a main show. <laughs> oh, no. No, yeah. Yeah,
0: Continue yeah, after the six or seven minutes of chip shot. We that's oh, that's when people skip it. I skip thought
1: to this was just us.
0: <laughs> Usually people listen to us like in fast forward yeah. speed.
1: Was, we only listen to when your phone's too low on battery. To yeah. fast
0: forward <laughs> <laughs> Usually just hear us in thirty second increments yeah. as you as you uh, jump ahead. After Josh um, sells you meet. No, no. Okay, so this week's guest is Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who's awesome. I love Dave Franco. I love
1: Dave Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco when he fought, he just came out of nowhere one day. Everyone's like we love James Franco. We love James Franco.
0: They're like wait, oh, there's another one.
1: Oh, oh my god, wait. There's Dave Franco. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, he is no longer just James Franco's little brother. Oh, hell no. He's a Franco in his own right. And he's, uh, no, honestly, he's somebody I've always enjoyed t- chatting with. And he has a new film out uh, coming soon called Nerve. Mm-hmm. It's him and Emma Roberts. And uh, it's a really uh, cool, fun movie. I really enjoyed it. We talk about that movie a bit. It's kind of a, my shorthand for it is, uh, I don't think you ever saw this. We've talked about this movie, F- The Game, yeah. right? We talked about The Game, uh, great David Fincher movie. It's kind of like The Game for uh, tweens, I would say. And as I was just speaking, I was thinking about how fast... I'm talking, because somebody on Twitter said uh, they couldn't believe how fast I talk on the show. They thought that I was, that they had the adjustments off. Oh, well, you're a
1: New Yorker. You don't have time for Wait. slow talking. Is that how I talk? Yeah. Okay. Was that Josh? <laughs> <or me>?
0: no, <laughs> it's no. hard to tell. Um, so I apologize if I'm talking too fast, but there's always that feature that you can you can go half speed.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone wants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want twice as much Josh yes. on your podcast feed. Um, no, but Dave, uh, Dave is a very... Um, uh, he's uh, he's a cool guy in that he's he's very analytical about his own career and like is is clearly um someone that is tough on himself, which is very endearing as somebody who also can be tough on mm. themselves.
1: Mm. Sammy? Wow. I got it from here. <laughs> Josh left the room. <laughs> Sammy, take over. No, yeah, this
0: is a, kind of a disgusting love fest, but it's like 40 minutes of basically just like Dave and I complimenting each other. So apologies in advance for oh, that.
1: Oh, that's nice. Um, but
0: it is nice. And um, and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy that he's got this movie uh, amid a bunch of other cool projects. He's been very busy. He had Now You See Me 2 was out recently. Uh, he's in a movie... Um, about the making of the room called the masterpiece. It's going to be out in a bit. Um, always busy. Um, and if you've never checked out his funnier or Die videos, they're pretty damn funny He's too. Really funny. Funny guy. A good sense of humor Remember about himself. Dave
1: after hours,
0: oh, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah. I think it's inevitable. We'll do something fun, it's gotta crazy. Happen. It'll happen. Um, so what else? Comic Con is quickly approaching. Oh. Sammy has mixed emotions about oh. this.
1: I'm so upset. Okay, just
0: calm down. No. Um, the good news is um, both of us, Sammy and I, yeah. are going to be at Comic Con,
1: which is such good news it's it's such I, i'm really excited
0: yet the, yeah, the tone know. of your voice doesn't convey excitement i
1: know but i wish i could give everyone the tone of my heart right now because i really it is such a special place it is so okay. wonderful
0: well that is it's gonna be exciting we're gonna talk to a lot of people a lot of people uh we can't um officially mention oh, yet everyone's
1: freak out because they're all amazing and not all of
0: them but most of them are pretty damn amazing and no they're all Amazing, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think but. Um, fans of this podcast, fans of certain—I'm I'm not even going to guys. No, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I'm no, going to tell them. Don't, don't don't do it. There's some big people coming. Um, so stay tuned. We're going to do a lot of live um, Facebook live um, chats. We're going to cut up a lot of the interviews on demand on MTV.com and YouTube and yada yada. You won't be able to miss it. Just check out.
1: Are we allowed to cut up the President Obama interview <laughs> that we're doing account? Oh, shit. Sorry. How
0: could you? Sorry. He's promoting a new Adult Swim show. A yeah, um, <laughs> <he. laughs> Oh Barry. Um, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, we've got a lot of we've had a lot of strange guests over the years at Comic Con. I had Mike Tyson on one year. He had an Adult Swim cartoon. Mm-hmm. Anybody can have a cartoon. Yeah.
1: Mike Tyson can do it. It was, it was an odd choice. I actually have seen many episodes of that cartoon. Have you really? Yes. Was it good? I mean, it depends on your state of mind. Oh God! <laughs> it can be.
0: I got the code down. Funny. I got it. I got yeah. it. Um, but anyway, Sammy is of mixed opinion about this because. Um, Two people aren't coming. Really one person isn't coming that you're excited, that you were hopeful for. Guys,
1: the cast of Outlander won't be there, okay?
0: Let it sink in for a second.
1: Sam's not going to be there. Katrina's not going to be there, but Sam's not. Sam's not going to be there, and I'm not going to get to see him. I honestly could if I really thought about how ridiculous <laughs> it is that they're that these.
0: Oh. Okay, well, look, Sam. We, as we know, Sam and Katrina are uh, both previous guests of the show, both yes. very close personal friends now of mine. I thought um, so. They. I inquired. They, are they
1: listening, guys? That's what I was listening? saying. They're probably
0: listening. So, Sammy, you have ten seconds. Make your plea mm-hmm. to Sam and Katrina to come to Comic Con. Go.
1: Sam and Katrina, you guys, Katrina, you guys have got to come to Comic-Con because not only is this a place where, like, you're so loved and embraced and it's America, but also this is a really time for you guys to come and show a different side okay, of your time. personality that's that time. people don't get to see on the beautiful show.
0: Okay, I don't think it's going to happen for you, but uh, I really appreciate the... What if
1: it did? <laughs> <laughs>
0: girl can dream. Um,
1: No, but it's going to be great.
0: It's going to be great. Uh, All all your favorite TV and movie stars are going to be there. And um, we're going to have a bunch of them on um, MTV's various social media platforms. I have to say it that way.
1: Yeah. Oh, one quick thing. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Um, Dave, if you're listening. Dave. Dave Franco, your chapstick is here.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sammy Heller. Uh, DM me if you want your chapstick back.
0: <laughs> We're not doing anything untoward with it. We're just preserving it as it was.
1: Yeah. Sam- I'm not. I'm put, it's, I'm put, I just put it back down on the table in the exact position you left it. Okay. So.
0: Okay. Um, so Dave will come by uh, for that. We've mm-hmm. done a public service there and we'll hopefully get Outlander booked for Comic-Con.
1: We've done a lot. In this Ooh, I'm
0: exhausted. <laughs> on to the main event as if we could top it we've just done um please enjoy um the charming the talented the star of nerve go check it out bring your friends uh here's dave franco uh dave franco's head just popped into my office guys dave franco's here it's dave i'm here are we on now i think we're on okay great yeah i'm here
2: I mean, it, it happened, and yes, I saw I, your
0: eyes go wide. You're yeah. like, "Oh my God, we're doing oh, it!" Oh no, we just
2: quickly transitioned into going on camera, just going live, and I'm yeah. There's no
0: difference in my life between pleasantries between friends and an actual professional interview. I like
2: how just calm
0: you are. Oh please, it's yeah. all a, it's all a facade. I
2: like, dude, you're putting I'm s- me at ease. <laughs> Yeah, this is Line good. Lie down if you want to.
0: <laughs> don't
2: don't tempt me.
0: Have you been junketing today? Are you in full uh, press bit. mode?
2: A little bit. Yeah, I just came from BuzzFeed, doing lots of dares for the last few days.
0: <laughs> uh, it's the nature of the beast when you... Yeah.
2: Yeah, when I've done, in I've done some like things, I've
0: beaten myself up. We, What's the uh, worst thing that you, or best thing you've done? Well, a lot of worse things. I, um, well, let's contextualize just for people why you're doing sure, tears. The, sure. the, the movie is Nerve, which is, we were just saying, off mic, legitimately a really good, fun movie. Congrats. I, yeah, thanks,
2: man. It's one of these things where I'm so hard on myself, and for me to actually say that I love something that I'm in, it's rare, and I love this movie, and I just want people to see it, and it's, I'm, I'm scared because it's you know it's coming out in the summer against these huge yeah. movies and i don't know i figure though a good movie never can like stay
0: hidden too long. I hope, but anyways, you said it, not me. No, it's yeah. true. And and well, I mean, good, the good thing going for you guys, obviously, the stakes are a little bit lower. You're not talking Batman v Superman. Sure, we don't need to make two hundred million dollars. Yeah, um, and I think the reviews, knock on wood, are going to be good. Yes. And I think, uh, and and it feels to me, I mean, I'm I'm like probably slightly older than like the demo that you're trying to hit. Though it did work for me. Exactly. it, yeah. it, it does feel like you don't have to say exactly. You don't have to say that I'm that much older than the demo, <laughs> Dave. That was that was like really quick. The way you just jumped in like. Yeah, totally. I feel like we're the same age. No, no, you're, you're 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 a good nine younger. Come on, I just hit forty, man. You look fantastic. Oh, please stop it. We're gonna we're gonna embrace for a long time. Actually, at some point, we're actually this doing this doing a shirtless. You can't see it, but we're, we're just we're just holding on to each other for Is that dear life. Twelve pack. You Um, somehow got four extra abs. No, you've thrown me off my game. What was I saying? Uh, I was complimenting you. No, but I was—I was saying legitimately that I think because it's a movie that deals with technology and how um, teens interact today, it feels to me uh, as someone that works in MTV and is hopefully in touch with these kinds of things, actually authentic to the experience as opposed to people trying to like tell you like this is how kids talk. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I give the directors a lot of credit for that.
2: It was one of these things where. I initially sat down with them, and I just knew you could tell that they had this really strong point of view. And while you're making something, you can have like a sense of how it's going, and we thought it was going well, but then you see the final product... And they just have such good taste when it comes to everything, like the music in the movie, yeah. the way it's cut together. It almost feels like like a Danny Boyle movie, just how, like, frenetic it is and the split screens. And it just
0: keeps it energized the whole way through. And I just can't say enough good things about these guys. And then, I like, the shorthand, you've probably heard this, I'm sure, like, for, like, a film geek like myself, is it feels kind of like the game for, Absolutely. like— between audience frankly today yes which is nice company to be in fincher Uh, fincher there you go yeah i'll take it there you go (laughs) okay so we were saying so so that was by way of saying the nature of the press you've been doing the film's conceit is there are all these kind of escalating dares essentially yeah 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 so yeah so we uh we tried to make this this junket
2: a little bit different than than past uh promotional junkets and we have been daring interviewers and they've been daring us and I saw one video this morning that was really funny. It was like, like Casey Neistat one. Yeah, yeah. It turned out great. Yeah, Casey basically uh, we had an earwig and Casey would tell us what to say during an interview. And uh, everyone should check it out. It's wild and weird and kind of awesome.
0: Um, <laughs> now, did he just do it during that one interview, or was that the best of a bunch of things? You just did? one. No kidding. Yeah, turned out good, right? It, it really did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we keep like complimenting everything, but it's
0: actually good. Uh, <laughs> it's colored by our, our both of our like a self-deprecating, exactly like like, 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 I don't more, think like, like surprise like. Yeah, that's good. Wait, I don't expect wait, anything good? Good? I do to what? ever be good. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, but no, the other dares that we did, I you know, I took a giant bite into a Serrano pepper, which just. Ooh. It, you know, most of these are, theirs are really fun, and that one just turned really dark, where I just started <laughs> hacking up this pepper in the middle of the interview, and I actually had to walk out, and um, I had to bite into a bar of soap, Ooh, and it taste? just kind of gets lodged in between your teeth, yeah, and it's yeah. just not a good thing. I once
0: did, we once did a bit with... Um uh, with Kobayashi the former yeah, eating sure. champion and it was a pizza eating contest where, we, where <laughs> I competed against him and it was the closest I've ever come to dying during an interview because I was just jamming the pizza down my throat how much time did you guys have it was just like to see how much you could do in a minute obviously yes. I wasn't going to come close how many did close. take down I don't even know. I think I did, like, two and a half slices, right. and he did, like, eight. <laughs> yes, you know, right, something right, insane. Right. <laughs> um, but that's the closest I've come to buying it on camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about when you sign on to a film, it's like, I don't know how self-aware you are. It's probably not the first thing you're thinking of when you sign on to a movie, but, like, what the narrative is going to be for the press tour. Because it, it colors, like, everything, whatever whatever the conceit of the movie is, it, it that's what you're going to be talking about for two months.
2: Yeah, yeah. And normally, when you think of a press tour, you you don't think of too many exciting things it's it's uh if you talk to most actors i would i would say that most of them would say it's the worst part of our job right and it is tough sometimes but that being said like when you're promoting a movie that you actually like with people that you like it's 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 not that bad and especially with a movie like this i want to help this succeed in yeah. any way i can and if i didn't like this movie i wouldn't have bitten to a bar of soap i just wouldn't have There's
0: no higher compliment for a movie you yes.
2: should have put that on the ads you can still that put that on a poster right that quote yeah
0: dave believes in the movie it's an escalating kind of thing is he willing to just nibble on a uh, piece of uh of crap no he's willing to actually bite into a giant bar of I soap. i would have swallowed if they would have yeah wait for nerve two man there you go um. So and it's and it's also a big movie and an exciting movie in that like you know you and Emma it's a co leads you're a lead you're the guy yeah I guess this is this is like my first real leading role is that something that occurred to you is that something how aware of that have you been and um be, I, because like I, I feel like you know I you know I've been talking to you probably for five or six years and it's like just to to chart your yeah yeah growth in that time it's it's exciting to see where you are today versus where you you know. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really think about it too
2: much, which is maybe a good thing because I might have put too much pressure on myself. But when I look back on everything I've done in my career in general, I feel like I've I've tried to be patient and wait for wait for roles that I really love, regardless how big the role is. And so up until this point, it's like uh, you know offers have come in for lead roles in the past, but. They're just for movies that aren't that great, and so I'd rather do smaller parts in these in these movies that I you know want to be a part of, like like uh, neighbors or uh, even even uh, something like Warm Bodies, where I was in that movie for the first ten minutes of the movie, but it was a concept that just felt original yeah. and and unique, and I just wanted to
0: be a part of it any way I could and it's one of those movies that again despite like whatever box office I'm sure that people come up to you and talk about that one as much as almost anything yeah much. sure yeah yeah right so um and do, do you think there's like were you aware when you started shooting this one of a difference between like being the guy and just like being an actor like is there something you have to think about in terms of like oh I'm carrying a movie I am ooh I, I probably should have but <laughs> <laughs> well you did well so maybe the, the lesson is don't right <laughs>
2: No, this one. What can I say about it? It's it was it was fun because it didn't feel like it was all on my shoulders. Like it felt like a very collaborative experience. In that uh, Emma and I get along get along extremely well, and we we have the very similar sensibilities as as the directors. And nobody had an ego on this movie. And so, pretty much every day before every scene, we would congregate and talk about what we were about to film right. and we would change things like minutes before we were about to shoot to try to make the best version of, the, of each scene. And so it really did feel like a group effort and I never felt any pressure to like carry the movie myself.
0: Well, and the good thing also is the nature of your character is so like the, I, Emma's character is kind of the eyes and ears of the audience, right? They go on the adventure yeah. through her, her on the back of her shoulder and you're, you're kind of with, you're holding some stuff back. Like there's <laughs> safe to say there's some stuff that you can kind of like, play both sides and we don't know which side you're going to be on until late in the film. Right, yeah. So my character, he you know,
2: in the stereotypical version of this movie, he's like the super mysterious (laughs) cool brooding guy and what I respect about these directors again is that they let me bring a lot of, I guess, my own personality to the part where I didn't want him to be that archetype. I feel like that's boring. We've seen it a million times and so I was able to bring just a little, little more lightness to this character, yeah. and he was able to have a little more fun than that type of character normally does. And it just—it it feels a little more real too. Yeah, it's like the the Edward Colons of the world. Like, <laughs> those no one wants to be around a guy who takes himself that seriously? Right. Yeah. You auditioned for
0: Edward Cullen. I did,
2: and I'm still <laughs> hearing about it like 12 years after the fact. Hey,
0: you brought it up. That wasn't on my list, but <laughs> <laughs> as someone that covered Twilight more than any other human being on the planet by <laughs> where I work, I <laughs> I know that very well. Yes. Um, is that is that a happy memory at this point, that audition? Did you do it with Kristen? No. No, okay. that's
2: the crazy thing is I uh, – I guess I quote unquote tested for it, but who knows how many guys were also testing there. It might've been me and a hundred guys left. And it's something that I still talk about more than pretty much anything else.
0: (laughs) So what were you wearing to the, Okay. (laughs) speaking of auditions, did I, I I didn't jinx Han Solo for you, did I? Cause I did not.
2: No way. No,
0: (laughs) I think at that
2: point that we were talking about it, I, pretty, there was, it was a 99% chance that I
0: was not going to get it. And so, so, so for context, again, the, I think the, the the takeaway from this is it's amazing to be in that company and mm, that you were mm-hmm. in the mix is awesome. And and one of those kinds of things I'm sure will come to you sooner rather than later. And uh, when I interviewed you and I chatted with you in, in Las Vegas, of all places, for be 2 <laughs> um, yeah, that rumor was going around. And yes, we talked about it a yes. little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it's... uh it's it, yeah. I feel I feel very uh, fortunate to even be in the discussion for a role like that, such an iconic role. But ultimately, those directors—they're the, the, the directors of Twenty One Jump Street—and yeah. so they know me really well. And if they felt like I was right for the part, then I think they would have given it to sure, me. Sure. But. They, you know, th- maybe there was something about me that wasn't quite right. And I trust their opinion more than pretty much anyone else who I've ever worked with. So, I feel like the guy who got it, he's going
0: to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, Like, I was actually, I was genuinely very nice. excited that they chose him. Did you feel after whatever the reading was that, did you feel good about it? Or did you feel like, like do you have a good judge after a, a reading or after an audition? Not really, just because I'm so hard on myself. It was actually my
2: my resolution this year to be just just not, you know, just not beat myself up so much like in terms of my work because yeah. i'm i'm a perfectionist to a fault and not until recently have i been able to watch something that i'm in and just kind of sit back and be like okay it's not perfect but there's certain things that i can appreciate about appreciate about what i did in this movie and i just got to take that and just run with it yeah. where where before I would just watch myself on screen, and I would just I I would just cringe, and I'd be like, "Why did I do that?" And I would just analyze
0: every single movement I made. Would that happen during like the making of the film too? Because I, I've talked to like uh, speaking of like Twilight, so Kristen was in here, and I was talking to her, and she's one of these actors that her bullshit meter is so low or high depending on how you uh-huh. determine it. That like after a take where she thinks she just didn't do it she'll be like oh fuck that 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 sucks like she like can't like even just control it
2: i i am that way now but i think that actually (laughs) helps me because in the past if i did a take in a movie that i didn't feel good about i wouldn't have said anything i would have been too nervous to be like hey can i try that again but now i know when i'm horrible in a scene and so i will immediately say you guys I don't care if we're running out of time. I need to do that again, or I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of this movie. So yeah, I'm, I, f-
0: I feel like I'm a little more confident speaking up and standing up for myself. And being, uh, by the way, you you and Allison are the first relationship that has been on the podcast in separate forms. Is that right? Allison's been here. Um, although we did, we had Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcon, but they were here together. So okay, you've okay. got you've got your each of you got your own. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm now gonna. you have to top her. There we go. Okay. How are we doing so far? Oh man, you're off to a great start. But I would say the same thing to her (laughs) um but what i was gonna say does that feed on itself or can you kind of like be there for each other and know like you know you've each got that crazy actor brain that's kind of like self-analytical to a fault and does does it kind of like she no she thank
2: god she is in my life because she is the greatest support of all time and like I, she's just every, every single step of the way. And it's not like she, she, you know, blows smoke up my ass. But like she, don't quote, actually, I take that back. (laughs) That's the only quote that anyone's going to take away from this. But um, she, she's just so sweet about everything I do. And when, when there's something that I do that she really, really likes, like, she's just like, it just... Oozes through her <laughs> and it just makes me feel so good, and it just like makes me forget about all my own insecurities, and it's it's like thank again, thank God I have her. Yeah. Uh,
0: let's talk about the, the the fact that that I think it is telling, and sadly is telling is like when you said something and you like caught yourself like, oh shit, they're gonna take that out of context, or whatever. <laughs> right. And I I totally get that. Again, <laughs> from my side of things, I get it. Um, but is that something you learned early on, or was it something you learned watching you know your older brother go through it? Because you both have probably like had things taken out of context. Context and stuff has sucked and really made your life miserable where it wasn't yeah. intended that way. Yeah, I don't know if there was necessarily like one instance
2: where I was like, I did not say that or I did not say that in that context, but it's mostly when you're doing things that aren't on camera right, because right. people can't see, you know, the intent and the sarcastic yeah, nature, yeah. Or whatever. And so it is something, and I hate that I do it, but I am a little conscience about everything i say now and i don't want to be that way because i want to be loose in these things but i do you know i always feel comfortable with you okay yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) let it let it loose time for a message from our friends over at blue apron and i mean friends because these guys are achievers of the impossible i.e turning josh harrow what's your fearless leader into a cook someone that has actually cooked for himself and others delicious cheap yummy meals stuff that you would only get out of a restaurant or someone that is a true expert. I'm not an expert, and Blue Apron has turned me into that. Uh, it is truly idiot-proof stuff, guys, and it comes at a great price point. And it's uh, it's just it's just awesome. It's a, It makes a great gift for yourself or for others. I can't endorse it enough. And here are a few things to know about Blue Apron. If we're only – it's really less than $10 per meal. They deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Here are a few of the meals that have been available – this month, for instance, spinach and basil, pesto, gnocchi with summer squash, green beans, and fresh mozzarella, spiced pork tacos with avocado, pickled onion, and, uh, and uh, corn, uh, summer uh, vegetable pizza with garlic, lemon, broccolini. This stuff is not just like your run-of-the-mill dishes. This is stuff you would have to go out to a restaurant to get, and you're making it for yourself. And as I said before, you can't screw it up. So check out this week's menu, and you can get your first Three meals absolutely free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash happy. That's H-A-P-P-Y. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash happy. H-A-P-P-Y. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey guys, time for a message from Casper Mattresses. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. eliminating commission-driven, inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that-sized box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Let's talk about quality. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex and Supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. As for cost, well, mattresses can often cost well over fifteen hundred bucks, but Casper mattresses cost five hundred dollars for twin, six hundred dollars for twin XL, seven fifty for a full, eight fifty for a queen, and nine fifty for a king. You're not going to beat that. Convenience, you can't beat it. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. Simply put, if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend at least a third of your life on it. So remember, obsessively engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price. That's Casper, the springy latex and supportive memory foams, award-winning sleep surfaces with just the right sink and just the right bounce, and We're not lying here, guys. Time magazine themselves said it was one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Plus, there's that free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada and the 100-night risk-free trial in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it right back up. And by the way, it's made in America. So guys, go to www.casper.com happy and use the offer code H-A-P-P-Y to get $50 towards any mattress purchase today. Terms and conditions apply. let's talk let's talk um, early on just influences and stuff I, it's kind of a common theme in the sure. podcast because I just like to geek out with people about what they're into and mm-hmm. uh, we've gotten along so I have a feeling we probably have some of the same reference points mm-hmm. even though I'm a decade older um, <laughs> but um, skin, oh just stop it stop touching me like that <laughs> <laughs> he's brushing his hand I don't even want to say where he's brushing his hand <laughs> um, what uh, so what were the big movies growing up it was the first yeah. like yeah. a couple movies that yeah like, so main
2: childhood movies that stand out are standby me which is maybe still my number one movie of all time uh the goonies and uh what else what else uh what's why can't i think of it right now um vampire movie also with Corey feldman oh the lost boys yeah yeah so all three of those movies Corey feldman but um those were the main ones and i guess those are movies i was watching probably at an age where i was too young but i grew up with brothers who were five and seven years older than me. And so I was introduced to a lot of these movies way earlier than I should have been. And I guess the common thread between those ones is I just, I love movies about young kids, especially when the kids are actually really good actors, because there's just this innocence and pureness that we don't really get any more because of technology I feel like like all those movies are about these kids going on adventures and they're on their own and they can't you know there's no connection to the adult world and that is the answer to that question
0: no but I think I I think it's right also and I think it might be the reason why some of the kind of the the, the the films today that tr- strive for that kind of adventure quality that, that I love to have to be period pieces now because of the nature yes, of technology. Like, yes. even like something like with J.J. J. Abrams, like very, like, you know, he openly tried to make a Spielberg Super movie eight? Super 8 yeah. and he made that a period movie because yeah. like, yeah, if everyone's got their cell phone mm-hmm. or whatever, that doesn't work. What were your childhood movies? Um, I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty stereotypical in terms of like a mix of like Spielberg like Back to the Future is back on my wall back yeah, here yeah. Back to the Future Ghostbusters yes um, and then have you seen the new Ghostbusters I just saw it and it's really good It's great it's really good I'm so, I'm glad so relieved. I know we're all like <laughs> <laughs> I know because frankly and you know and you know how marketing is too I, I didn't love the marketing I didn't love the trailers yeah yeah but yeah but it's um, it's a really good like feel it's got a good tone and just it's like a really good two hours at the movies and they're obviously the, the cast is hysterical yes
2: and it feels like it's it stands on its own
0: and it's like yeah. okay great it's kind of, it's kind of like in that like two thousand. what what we do in 2016 we don't remake things so much as reboot them yeah. it's, it's that star trek model it almost feels like it's an alternate universe ghostbusters i love it it's like a riff off of the same thing so anyway enough promoting someone else's movie <laughs> yeah right come on <laughs> But um but what was I gonna say? Uh so so the early movies and then at what point okay, so you're you, you, James is is, is is like seven years older, I got yes, that right? Okay. Yes. So at what point is he like really making strides? Like how old are you? And, yeah, what, and was what's your brought, perspective on that? Early
2: high school, I think. And it's like freaks and geeks, is that yeah, it? I think so. I think that was the first major thing. And then people started to ask me and they're like, Do you have any interest in doing this? And I was I was a really shy kid growing up, and so I did not have any interest. And then when I came down to LA to go to school, um, his manager essentially forced me into an acting class. And I remember sitting there in the back of the room, and the first people that were on stage, you know, they started screaming and crying and hitting each other. And I, I remember thinking, like, fuck
1: the <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I don't, the shy I, kid's like, oh, yeah I don't want
2: any part of this but i think um i think i stuck it out because i've always loved movies my first job ever i was working at a mom and pop video store i was 14 years old and they essentially paid me by allowing me to take home as many movies as i wanted every time right. i worked and so that's how i you know started watching all the classics and um, yeah, I just I just wanted to be a part of it all.
0: Do you find that like the stuff that you were into informs your choices? Because I mean, you mentioned something like Lost Boys, and I think of like Fright Night. Like, I oh, see
2: interesting, interesting. Never put together that correlation, but it was more. I, I would say in general, I've always been attracted to things that are just a little off kilter, that are a little outside the box, and even you know, I think about when I was a kid too. Like my favorite author of all time is Roald Dahl, mm-hmm. and he he writes children's books, but if you go back and revisit these books, they're dark right. and they're <laughs> twisted, and that kind of informed my own weird, s- twisted sense of humor. And at this point, it's like everything I everything I do, I wanted to at least ha- at least attempt to bring something new to the table. Yeah, and even if it doesn't work, at least the intention is there. And like you look at the past few movies I've done, like you know a movie about magicians who pull off bank heists right. like that's <laughs> not normal and uh like we were just talking about of a, a zombie romance right. or even 21 jump street which was a huge risk it's like this based on this earnest 80s tv yeah. show and we turned it in, into this like over the top self referential comedy and even nerve even this movie it's like you know, you look at every other young adult movie out there and they all take place in this dystopian world where everything's <laughs> elevated and everyone has this crazy hairdos and makeup and this one, it's very grounded. And to make a young adult movie that's grounded in reality, like it's, I hate to say it, but that's a, taking a risk it too, is. to make a movie about real people doing <laughs> real things. Real emotions, real things. Yeah. What?
0: <laughs> how many, yeah. How many uh, Divergence, Allegiance, um, right? Hunger Games have you, have you been up for or, or have you Oh, you, good uh, question.
2: All of them. <laughs> yeah. I've auditioned for all of them.
0: <laughs> now, would you be t- saying a different, would you be singing a different tune if you had ended up for whatever reason, whether by your own volition or theirs in one of those? I mean, are you a hypocrite is what I'm saying, maybe, Dave Franco? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Probably.
2: <laughs> but I'm glad that it happened the way it did, yeah. where I'm part of something that. It's true to yourself. And if Yes. It was, yeah. yeah. And like you were saying earlier, I feel like a lot of people will see the trailers for this movie or just hear about the concept and they'll think, oh, this is geared just towards teenagers. And that is, I would say, the main demographic, but just everything about it, it just it, I feel like it resonates with everyone yeah. because we're all using social media and this is a film that it uh it like presents all sides of social media it's not it's not this preachy movie it just kind of presents things the way they are and it's a movie that you walk away with and you're talking to your friends about it and you're analyzing the way you use social media yourself and you think about like Oh
0: my God, have I ever been really mean to someone online? Sure. Yeah. Do you remember, um, speaking of like uh, these kinds of films that provoke discussion and again, films that infected you as a kid? Like, what, Do you remember like the first early like, kind of mindfuck experience going to a movie? Like, I think of things like seeing JFK when I was a kid or Seven, like, oh, like those yeah, kind of yeah. movies. That Fight like, Club. Fight Club, yeah. definitely. I remember
2: watching that movie and being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is like, yeah, that's the was one. Was I supposed to see that? Was, <laughs> am I allowed? Can <laughs> I see it again? Is the one. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, there's directors, all the directors that I want to work with today. I mean, people who are on most actors' wish lists, like, they are doing the stuff that's, like, really kind of just inspiring me. Guys like like Fincher and Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Spike Jones, and, like, the newer guys, too, like uh, Destin Cretton, who did Short Term 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a movie that I feel like not enough pe- people have seen. It's I one know. of those things that it's it's, like a type of movie so it's about um a girl who works at kind of like a rehabilitation type place for younger yes. kids and the whole movie, you're waiting for that cheesy, sappy scene, and it never comes. It's just so well made. I think it's a perfect movie. And then guys like uh, and Brie Larson, by the way, and Brie Larson, like, we all we all
0: thought it was like, oh shit, that was going to be her Oscar room, and It didn't yeah. happen. You're like, oh, it's not going to ever happen. And luckily, she got there. She's incredible. Yeah,
2: and uh, Damian Chazelle, like Whiplash, Whiplash was is amazing. unbelievable. And those are the guys who are inspired. Have you, have you me seen right Swiss now.
0: Army Man yet? I did
2: <laughs> <laughs> that one. A, another example of something that's going. For it. it's like <laughs> that's, nothing else. That's what you've I always ever say seen.
0: I give so much more credit, even if things don't work. And actually, I did like Swiss Army Man a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were
2: a lot of cool elements to that movie. <laughs> but
0: like, I will give something so much more leeway if they at least try yes, for something. Yes, and like Radcliffe,
2: man, he—I I respect the guy so much just because if he wanted, he could just coast and do bullshit roles for the rest of his yeah. life. But he's stretching himself. He's doing some weird things. Swiss Army
0: Man. He's doing, you know, Kill Your Darlings. Yeah, he's. It's like. I don't know. Good, good on him. He's doing actually a play I'm going to see in a couple of weeks here, all about like social media and it's called Privacy. Actually, oh nice. Here, uh, here in town, just doing theater, constantly musicals. Right, yeah, he's just right. pushing himself. Yeah. Oh, you know what else you should see? I just had on the podcast if you haven't already. Who's mm-hmm. uh, Neon Demon? Oh, it, tell me. I had Nicholas Reffin. Um, I loved it. I, yeah. I know it's super divisive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I was really into it. It's, it's. Um. Is it as weird as I think, or weirder? It's probably as or weirder. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like. A god forgives but this one i really was into it's right. beautiful and it's just beyond just how well it made it is it's it goes to really fucked up places so yeah, i think you'll yeah, appreciate yeah. it so speaking of fucked up so um and sensibility it's like i do think like um your funny or die stuff mm-hmm. which you you were kind of like into for like a contained yeah. period of time i feel like that reflects also really your true correct me if I'm wrong your true kind of sensibilities, 100 a- comedically right yeah yeah and so those videos came about because
2: when I was first starting out as an actor, I was I was taking roles that I didn't necessarily love, but I just wanted the experience. I wanted I wanted to be on set and so I was happy to be working but ultimately I was work like I was working on these things that I would finish and I would tell my friends and family do not go see this movie it's not good <laughs> and then they would go and see it and they'd be like that sucked and I'd be like I fucking told you <laughs> and so, so oh, it no. got to the point where I was like okay I need to take things into my own hands <laughs> and everyone has a camera nowadays there's no excuse not right. to be filming your own stuff and so I paired up with Funny or Die and they they made it They made like they created this like dream scenario for me where they gave us full creative freedom. And so me and one of my best friends who I've known since childhood, we would, you know, create these bizarre videos and they would help with production costs. And like, I can't tell you how much these videos have helped me where I I don't think I'd be here right now without those. Yeah. Where um, I remember when I was auditioning for 21 Jump Street it was the most arduous audition process I've ever gone through. I, I went in for that movie maybe seven times. And I remember the first You're So Hot video came out at the end of that process. And the the directors told me after the fact, they're like, a good part, you know, a, a big part of the reason you got the role in 21 Jump Street is because of that video. We saw that you had a good yeah. sense of humor from that video. And to like take a step back and kind of acknowledge that, a video where I'm telling Christopher mintz that how much
0: I want to have sex with him got me my biggest movie role at the time. It's it's insane. No, it's, and it's a great lesson I think for everybody. I mean, and in, in my own small way, like my greatest successes here at MTV was just to try shit out and luckily to have kind of like the trust of people here or even maybe just them not paying attention letting me just do shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that, Did it take a while to get there to that point where you felt the freedom to do whatever you wanted? It took about a year or two where like, I, I always say, because people ask me often like uh, about the sketches I've done with people, like how do you get like these people to do these crazy things with you and i'm like well i didn't just like walk into a room yeah. with like a fart machine being like hey you want to do something <laughs> which i'm sure happens to you at junkets now <laughs> sure. I, I said like i had to like get to know these people actors and directors yeah, and kind yeah. of earn their trust and they kn- knew like i knew my shit and had a sense of humor and then i could go to john c Riley and be like hey will you do an interview sitting on my lap for half an hour and then he'll <laughs> right. be like okay
2: <laughs> but and i'll give you a compliment you're just a nice, normal person, and you and like and I a feel idea. no, Thank and you. I feel comfortable with you, which I can't say about a lot of people who are interviewing me, and and then on top of that, like you actually do your research, and that's something that would seem so obvious as someone who's interviewing people, but you you like as an actor, you can you te- you can tell if they've done their research, if they've done their homework, if they know what's going on with you. And it, it makes a huge difference because most interviews you go into, you get asked the same three questions over and over.
0: No, like I, I can tell you, uh, I, I always say over the years, like again, people ask about like my technique, whatever that's yeah. called. And it's like, well, my greatest like asset is my competition, <laughs> frankly. Because yeah. they really, um, two things, you, they don't like, listen like, they a do to to, like, exactly like a human yeah. being. do not listen, yes. Just talk to somebody like a human being.
2: You're trying to play off of them because for me, it's like, it, you know, I get bored of hearing myself talking, so you try to put it on them a little bit. You want right. to have some fun with them, right. and they just kind of like blankly look at you and <laughs> smile through it. They're not even listening to what you're saying. They're just thinking about their next question.
0: I, I have a project that hasn't been announced yet, but I'm going to tell you off off mic uh, that I think you're going to appreciate about the junket world. Oh, yeah? Uh, that you'll really, Can't wait. You'll really dig. Okay, so um, to talk to me about sort of where you're at now in terms of, obviously, you're going up for, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than going for things like Han Solo, etc. Mm-hmm. You're getting to, a lead in a cool film like Nerve. Mm-hmm. Do you feel we've talked about your insecurities, hopefully waning in terms of (laughs) like not being so hard on yourself. Do you feel like, can you take a moment to, to be satisfied with the kind of stuff that you're getting now versus where you were five years ago? Definitely, definitely. And it's one of these things where people ask, they're like, all right, what do you want
2: to be doing five, 10 years from now? And this is a very cheesy answer, but, and I'm very happy that this is the answer, but like, I want to continue to do what I'm doing right now. I'm working with my friends and with my family and I can't imagine anything better than that. It's like, I just you know I think of movies like Neighbors and I just did The Masterpiece with my brother and I just feel like I I've, I've somehow infiltrated this group of people who are way more talented than me and I just want to just keep you know hold on to that as long <laughs> as I can because this business it, everything is so fleeting where you can be working all day every day for years and then all of a sudden you have two movies that come out and are huge flops yeah. and you need to start again at square one and so I'm just trying to keep my head down and just do the best work I can,
0: and I just hope to just... Continue to work with the people I love. Um, I'm psyched about the masterpiece, and I have a confession to make. I'm one of these crazy people, and I think it'll shock you, n- knowing what you know about me. I've never seen the room. I've, I don't. I can't. Like, I got, I'm walking out. I, I gotta know. Walk out of this. I room. know. <laughs> I've just. It just hasn't happened. I, I need to find the right circumstance. I feel like it's not a movie. I think I actually read. You, you said something like this. I don't think it's a movie you want to watch by yourself Definitely necessarily. Not. No. I need to no, find no. a group and you watch you it and need appreciate. To be able
2: it. to talk to someone about it because <laughs> it's so bizarre. You need to just check in with someone to like acknowledge. Like,
0: is this real? Is this really happening? <laughs> But you have to What's will, Of course yeah. I will okay. Of course okay. I just need It's like It's like it's like Game of Thrones That's my other thing I've never watched Game Me of Thrones Me neither Me neither Let's start a little, little Weekly date Okay Okay, okay. Alright so We're gonna meet
2: In St. Louis <laughs> Halfway <laughs> between us <Exactly. laughs> Once a week One of us is just Gonna
0: have to move Dave <laughs> uh, My wife's gonna be like Why are you in Los Angeles Well Dave Franco Wants to watch Game it of Thrones be like, Okay Worth it Go <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, but the room. This is uh, this is kind of like the story behind the room that that James yeah, has directed. So let's right. Let's
2: quickly talk about the room for people who don't know. Uh, it's this movie known as the best worst movie ever made. And th- there's this guy Tommy Wiseau who looks like a vampire. He refers to himself <laughs> as a vampire, and he directed, wrote, starred in, financed, produced this movie. He put six million dollars of his own money into this movie it came out in one theater initially and it made maybe a hundred grand. Right. And ultimately over the years, it's become this cult classic where there's now midnight screenings all around the world where people go and it's like the Rocky Horror Picture Show where they're screaming at the screen, they're, they're throwing things and it's this whole event. And so it's, it's very funny thing now. And he, uh, you know, his original intention was he just wanted to become famous right. in the movie business. And so he tried to, he sought out to make this very earnest drama and, uh, and he, when the movie first came out, he paid to keep it in theaters for two <laughs> weeks to make it eligible for the Academy Awards. <laughs> and so, of course, oh, now that it's become this big, like, comedic whatever, yeah. he maintains that it was always meant to be funny. Right. But we made a movie um,
0: about how that movie came about. And so what's the what's the tone? Is it, like, black comedy? Is it, is it earnest? Is it's, it, like... Yeah,
2: it's tough. It was a really hard tone to pull off because it's not a full-on comedy. It's not like a joke, joke, joke type movie. It's like if I had to compare it to anything, this is a weird comparison maybe, it's like Boogie Nights. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, Boogie Nights it's Cast of like, like, a
0: crazy group of people. Yes, like, just... yes,
2: and it's funny, but it's funny because of the characters and right. because of the situations. It's like, again, it's not playing for jokes. And so it is earnest and we're not trying to like make fun of every, anyone in this process. We wanted to do it justice and I think the people who know and love The Room are going to walk away loving this movie. And that was the main intention, but the biggest struggle or the, the hardest thing is to get people excited about this movie who have never
0: even heard of the movie The Room right. are you um so I mean outgrowth of the stuff you did for Funny or Die and talking about that kind of thing like do you write on the regular or do you write with a partner or anything or I is that I used to write a lot more
2: and I need to get back into it but all those Funny or Die videos I've you know I've written all of those but um,
0: like is, is there a thought like like are you it sounds like you're pretty satisfied with and it's getting better and the kinds of stuff that you're up for and you're getting offered yeah. but like that you have to generate your own material or you feel like you that's not necessarily necessary i think i point. do
2: i think i do and um it's one of these things where i've you know over the years i've developed these relationships particularly with writers or directors that i really get along with and more so than ever, I've been trying to kind of work from the ground up, where you know I'll give, I'll I'll come up with an idea and I'll meet up with one of these writers who I've worked with, and we'll be like, all right, how do we how do we turn this into something? Yeah. And then we'll just go through the whole process of you know making a movie and getting this thing off the ground. And I can't say that anything has actually worked so far, <laughs>
0: but when it does,
2: <laughs> yes, but it is a fun process just to be you know be there every step of the way and to have full control over it and. I would tell anyone and you know, who am I to give anyone advice? But like, it's just, you need, you you can't rely on anyone else, especially as an actor. It's like, there's so much that's out of your control where if, if all you're doing is acting and just, you know, most of the time you're, you're sitting around waiting for the next audition to come in and who knows when that's going to be. And if, if a long enough period of time goes where you're not auditioning, when something does come around, you put so much pressure on yourself. This is the one. And you just overthink it and you don't do well. And so I would tell everyone: You gotta have other hobbies. You need to like put your creative energy other places because just you know
0: an actor who's just acting, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. So where are you putting your other energies besides just sobbing into your pillow? Right, right. And a your, lot ca- of energy into my cats. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of energy. Like I said, into just kind of working with these writers. Yeah. and I, so I do love to write, and I've I've realized that I'm pretty good at putting together a short film. But I, you know, I'm not great at writing a feature. There's a reason, you know, writers, the writers who are professional writers, there's a reason they are who they are. It's like they can pump something out in two weeks. I can never do that. And so... What I love to do is, you know, give these guys an idea, have them run with it, and
0: then send me the draft, I'll give them notes, and then we'll just keep going back and forth that way. Yeah, it's funny, because, I mean, like yourself, and again, in a much different way. So, like, I have, I'm the youngest of three, I have an older brother that's in the business who's had a lot of success. What's the age difference? Uh, four, five years. Okay. So, my brother, Adam Horowitz, um, was a writer on Lost, and created this show, Once Upon a Time. And How like, How did I
2: never know this?
0: One of those crazy things. And it's and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I, I write, and I write my sketches, and I write short-form things. Yeah. But, like, I have such respect for him and writers because like i've tried myself sure i've tried to write screenplays but like you have to like in the world i mean that, that like he you know wakes up and just cranks it out yeah. every day and has for 20 years you have a writing partner yeah okay yeah yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah
2: it's like that's it's harder to find a writing partner that you gel with than finding a like a romantic partner <laughs> it's impossible to find someone who you gel with creatively in that way yeah so um tell me
0: real quick what's up?
2: So do you feel everything I feel with an older brother who yeah. is successful in a similar field?
0: Yeah, I mean, l- luckily, I think again, you're like you're more directly in the same field. He's an actor. You're an actor. Yeah, I'm yeah. luckily kind of like in the same "quote unquote" business. So, uh-huh. but I found kind of my different path. Um, uh, but you have two, and I think, yeah, I think it was. I think it was challenging. I mean, look, the stakes for you were much higher and it's to your credit that you were able to like, yeah, I mean, because I remember like the first time we talked to you probably, it was like a novelty. Oh, James's little brother. Let's (laughs) see, let's see what we got here. And the fact that you've, we've had a 40 minute conversation and James has come up twice and it's about you and and what you've done is Mm -hmm. a testament to sort of your, your talent and your work ethic very sweet of you um god this is such a disgusting love fest (laughs) now the pants have come off guys just for context (laughs) might have been off the entire time (laughs) um so what's what's your next gig after you've been doing press all like years it seems like (laughs) (laughs) so what are you actually acting next
2: that's a good question um i don't know which i'm actually excited about there's a lot of actors who love to just Constantly be working; they don't like any downtime. I am really good at doing nothing, and so after this, uh, I knew I got along with you for a reason. <laughs> yes, after this press tour, I think I got a little bit of time before anything else comes up. Yes. But um, I'm trying to think of if I have anything else coming out. Well, you, and you, uh, the 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 Lego movies are ways off, right? You did some Lego stuff. movies are ways off. I'm doing a Lego Ninjago, which honestly might i've only done maybe you know four recording sessions so far but it might be my favorite thing <laughs> in, i've ever been involved in these guys surrounding this movie are so clever and it's one of these things where i'm in these recording sessions and it's you know it's technically it's a kids movie but right. everything i'm saying I'm like saying it to make my friends of my age laugh <laughs> like they're going to laugh just as hard as the kids yeah and I don't know how these guys find that balance where it's funny to everyone but Lego Ninjago it's going to be the greatest movie <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it's, it's, it's from the same team at least not the same uh, is it the same writers or producers or Chris and Phil producing it yes
2: but like yeah the the same team Trust, did the yeah. original Lego movie yeah
0: nice nice um, before I let you go I've got this weird sketchy Indiana Jones fedora some random questions that have been rooted over Give by it. major actors like you Okay. Uh, pick out one or two. Okay. There's no dare in there, so don't worry. You're not gonna put a uh, bite into a bar of soap. Okay. <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, the most interesting person in the world is Woody Harrelson. <laughs> That's a good. Woody answer. Harrelson <laughs> is maybe he's my hero. Yeah, I'll say that out loud. He's <laughs> he's one of these guys. He just he just can do whatever he wants, and he just plays by his own rules. And he's he's like I remember when we were filming Now You See Me too, and we were in. We were in London and he would go away for the weekend and we'd come back on a Monday and he we would be like, So Woody, how how was your weekend? And he'd be like, Oh, you know, I was just uh you know, just in Ireland and we uh you know, we cut down a cut down a redwood or just a you know a giant tree and um and we fashioned it into a, di- uh, a dining room table and i was with bono you know and it's like and he just comes back you know the next weekend he's he's partying with uh, paul mccartney and it's just like he's living his best life yeah he's living in hawaii he's just like he, he shows me pictures of his house and there's like no walls he's, Wait, technically is that a house I, I, good question good question amazing yeah um, all right let's more? see this other way. Yeah, um in 20 years i will be potentially um potentially not in the business anymore what? i don't know maybe 40 years i don't you retiring at 50
0: maybe do do?
2: <laughs> no i mean 40 years from now i'd be 70 so i'd say i'd say 40 years from now
0: I might not be doing any of this. Okay, but wait, not not 20. 20,
2: no. I'll I'll probably still be involved in this, but maybe I won't be acting very much. I don't know. Like, I can't imagine being, you know, 60, 70 years old and still still fighting for roles
0: and kind of like sitting in my trailer all day and waiting to be called to set like it feels like though you to to be fair and like every actor has their ups and downs like you've been through in some ways the toughest years like you went through kind of like having to surmount the the baggage of the name and all of that and and find your way and uh, and fighting for roles and getting you know telling your family not to go see your shitty movies (laughs) and hopefully the next 10 years is a little less taxed emotionally I hope that's the case but it's just it is a crazy lifestyle it's
2: It's one of these things where I am a pretty private person just about like, you know, my family and my friends and what I do during my downtime. But like, um, I get get scared of it all. Like, I I don't necessarily love the fact that like when I go out in public and if there's like a lot of people around, I walk around with my head down. And it sucks because I'm a very curious person and I love to people watch. And... And again, it's like, you know, ultimately no one really cares who I am. But like, I just, there's certain places I don't want to go now. And I I miss having like full anonymity. And so, and I I do, like when I'm on the road these days, you know, it's really amazing that I'm able to go live in a city like London for a few months at a time. But I miss my friends and I miss being home. Like... I I can I, I know I'm lucky to say this, but, like, I love my home, mm-hmm. and it's, like, my favorite place on earth, <laughs> and, and, like, uh, and I hate to – I'm not complaining about this because I know how lucky I am, but ultimately, like, if, if I do continue to act way down the line, I, I could see myself – maybe on a TV show that films in LA and I have right. more of like a, a lifestyle that works. Yeah. 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 I got it. I
0: got it. Um, it's really always a pleasure to catch up with you. And, you too, and, and certainly today at a, a, a longer clip and, uh, and honestly, congrats again. Uh, Nerve is, is a great movie. Everybody should check it out. Whether you're old like me or, or young like <laughs> Dave, <laughs> or even younger than Dave and I, you really
2: should though. I can't express enough. This movie. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the few times where I can step back after the fact and just like see that these directors they just they they brought something so unique to it and i'm just so happy to be along for the journey like i would have been happy to be an extra in this movie and the fact that i'm like one of the lead roles i couldn't be more proud of this movie please go check it out and that's all i got to say listen to the man he's not a bullshitter
0: man <laughs> he, he, he speaks the truth uh dave good to see you buddy you too man thanks This is Nagin Farsad, the host of Fake the Nation, where we talk about politics, we talk about news, and we have a laugh. We were laughing. Every week, a cast of my funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like John Fugelsang, Liz Winstead, Dino Bidala, and others, tackle all the major issues like climate change. America leads the world in people who think climate change is fake. But pro wrestling is real.
1: <laughs> Guns. I started calling the NRA the AK forty-seven <laughs> percent. <laughs>
0: Filibuster. I don't even know her.
1: Okay, that's not a major issue, but it's a really great pun.
0: Guys, fake the nation is all the comedy about politics without any of the politics about politics.
2: <laughs> fake the nation.